We're doing this series called Last Chance You, and so just as a quick review, if you're not familiar with Netflix at all, welcome to 2018. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, this is awkward. <laughs> but there's a, there's a series on Netflix that um, I'm not personally recommending, but I have watched. Um, it's very entertaining, to say the least, to see these young athletes that have either flunked out or gotten into trouble, and they go to this junior college. They were, they were blue chip athletes. They were great football stars. They flunk out or they get in trouble, and they end up at this place in the middle of nowhere for their, y'all can say the word, say it, for their last chance. last chance to make it. So this series is not about football, and it is not about we're in the middle of Kansas at this junior college where all there is is cows and football. But for each one of us, we can kind of understand what this feels like. Now, in some cases, it's because you've lost your job or you've been through a situation that's so difficult. But in many cases, and I know this hits everybody today, it's because the specific thing that we're dealing with this week affects all of us. And today, we're talking about friends. Everybody say friends. friends. I'm just, I got to get this part out so I can get to the preaching. Y'all need to listen to me. I'm going to say some things today that if you're not offended with them, you're not listening very well. Do you hear what I said? <laughs> and I'm excited about it because I love y'all. Friends. Everybody say it again. Say friends. friends. We have so watered down the word friend that, that we don't even know what we're talking about when we say friend anymore. For example. Facebook tells me that I have 4,308 friends. Can I tell y'all something? I don't know 4,308 people. I don't have 4,308 friends. I wouldn't even say I have 4,308 acquaintances. I got 4,300 people that have checked the box and said, will you please be my friend on this thing called the Facebooks? And I've said yes. I've said confirm. And then I've said no to some people, and so there's other people that follow you. But I've got 4,308 apparently, uh, that's the last time I looked anyway, I don't know what it is to tell you the truth, but it's somewhere in there, that, that I'm their friend. But how many of y'all know that that is not true? Amen. Someone say, that ain't true. <laughs> then there's another layer of this thing we call friends. And here's the next layer. The next layer is, it's your buddies. I don't fish, so I don't know why that I use this, but I do, so I'm just going to use it anyway. We call it our fishing buddies. I think fishing is boring. I think catching is good. <laughs> I know people, like I got buddies, that they like to go out there and just sit. And I'm like, why? You ain't doing nothing but clicking, and if I ain't catching, I ain't going. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. That's miserable. You sit out there in a boat. You are baking with sun. Yeah, but it's fun because you got fellowship. I can fellowship here. I'm not a fellowship not catching nothing. They're sitting there looking at me, smelling all bad. At least get in the water, right? But we call those people that we go fishing with once a month friends. But here's the problem with that terminology. That's my friend. Most of the time, the people that we call friend, we're able to keep on a very surfacey level in our relationship, meaning... 
I share with you only what I want you to know because my definition of what we call friend is I control all of the situation. I control all of the outcomes. I make sure that you think about me what I want you to think about me, and you're not allowed to know all the dirty about me. That's our definition of friend. So this is what the problem is, is, is to you and to you and to you, I may be three different people because I've got to make sure that I posture myself to be exactly what you wanted me to be. So those are our quote-unquote friends. I need y'all to listen. They ain't your friends. Anybody that you got to change who you are to make sure that they like you and watch this and you don't tell them all the stuff about you is not your friend. They are your buddy and buddies are good. They're acquaintances and acquaintances are fine, but they're not the true friend. If you have three friends, you are amazing. So I'm going to give you my definition of friend. I've not read this somewhere. I'm just telling you this is my definition. Your friend is a person that you tell everything to. Married people, listen to me for a second. There are things that I intentionally keep from Leah, but I tell her I'm doing it because I don't want her to know about the thing that I'm having to deal with, but I don't keep things from Leah that are about me. Let me repeat that. In leadership, sometimes I've got to make decisions of what I share with what people, but I'm not talking about that. But I, I will tell her who lays in the bed with me and is supposed to be the person I'm running with the rest of my life, I'm dealing with X. I'm not going to tell you all the details because I still want you to like that person. Y'all can be quiet. I got a couple people that'll talk. But... When I decided I'm going to keep things from her because I can't let her know these ugly secrets about me, I've ostracized the possibility of us having a true friendship. Now, we may be quote-unquote lovers, but that's what we are in that point. And if I don't have a friendship at home, <laughs> we in trouble. And then... And then there's the people that we say that we run with. We call them our ride or dies, right? Some of y'all are like, why did he just say that? That is weird. <laughs> but that's what we like. We, we love to say, I got my ride or dies. But they ain't your ride or dies. They're your ride until it's not good anymore, and I'm going to find another ride. If you get a hoopty, I ain't riding with you. That's how we act. <laughs> right? Talk to me. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Let me define that one for you just for a second. We love a ride or die that gives us a better ride than what we currently have. But a friend is not someone that gives me a better ride. A friend is not someone that I give a better ride to. A friend is someone that we both can give a better ride to when the time is right. But it is not someone that I'm looking for saying, what do you offer me? If I ever have a friendship that the only thing I'm in it for is so I can get something from them, I ain't got a friend. I've got someone I want to use to get what I want so that I can get there. I'll just get somebody else. Is it awkward yet for y'all? I feel like it's a little bit awkward, and I like it. I like it because, because we've, we've so defined friendships poorly and falsely that we walk around saying we have all these friends, but we have no one. I believe God designed us to run with each other. I believe you're created for community. Yeah. 
But community is not you having a neighbor. <laughs> That's living in a community. That's not you having community, right? Community is I'm going to share with you all the ugly. And if you can't look at me in the place that I'm supposed to, you weren't supposed to be in that place anyway. So I'm going to choose very carefully who I trust. I'm going to let trust be something that is earned. I'm not going to open up everything to everybody because that makes me a fool. That doesn't make you a fool. How do you know that you should share something with someone? Share something with them, and if it gets back to you, don't share nothing else. Because if you don't have people in your life that you can share stuff with and you know it stays there, then you don't have a friend. You got a buddy. You might not even have that. We might should change it to, you got a psycho when you're calling them, buddy. <laughs> so what is a friend? The title of my message and what I'm going to repeat a few times is whatever it takes. Someone say whatever it takes. I don't know what it is about the second service. Y'all must be a little extra special because my mouth the last couple weeks, mm, praise the Lord, has been dry. But y'all made it better. Don't you fall over. It's supposed to be square so it doesn't fall over. Look at it. Someone say, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes is an interesting thing to say because it sounds cool until you got to do it. Like, if I ask you, are you a whatever it takes kind of person, a bunch of y'all would look at me and say, absolutely. I'm whatever it takes. I'm, I'm that kind of friend. I, people want to be my friend. And in some cases, I know some of y'all very well, and you are. But whatever it takes means <laughs> whatever. And that means if you go into jail and I'm your friend, guess where I'm going? If that means if you're going to jail and I'm your friend, guess where I'm going? I'm going to jail. The, the, the hundred of y'all that still ain't said nothing, I need y'all to say jail. jail. We all going. Because listen, if you got a buddy You'll look at them and say, I got your back and I'm with you. But then when they get into trouble, you got their back way back. You know what I'm talking about? You got their back 10 miles away. And then, and then we pray for them. Did you hear about so-and-so? I love them. And I'm their friend, I know. But we just need to pray for them. That ain't your friend. That ain't your friend. I think this is one of the hardest things in the world to do. Because it is so fun to assume friendship. So fun. And it feels good. I am that person's friend. Do y'all know this? Do y'all know that without trying, we make friend lists and define ourselves by how cool our friends are? I know y'all ain't going to talk to me, but I'm going to make myself happy. That's what the Bible says I'm supposed to do. So let me just say, do it, Pastor. Talk about it. We, we make these lists, and we make sure that people know how cool we are, so that's why we name drop. Oh, did you hear that I run with so-and-so? Yeah, that's my friend. And they are your friend until you need them. And I, I've got news for you. I've learned this myself in some cases. That's just a name. That ain't your friend. You don't get to find out who your friend is if you've never been through the fire with them. You don't get to find out who your friend is if you've never had a disagreement with them. If you can't sit in a room and disagree with your brain and still love them with your heart, you ain't got a friend. 
You got someone that you can name. I talked to so-and-so. Good for you. <laughs> Give me enough time. I could talk to just about anybody, but that ain't my friend. Because a friend says, whatever it takes is what I'm going to define this by. And I'm going to be crazy, and I'm going to be over the top, and I'm going to hide when I need to hide, and I'm going to stand when I need to stand, and I'm going to go where I need to go, but I'm not going to say what you tell me to everyone else. I'm not going to reveal what, what the deepest, darkest hurts are about you. And watch this. This is, the, this is so critical as we begin. Listen, listen. I don't even know how to say this correctly, but I know what the Lord's put on my heart and I got to get it out. I'm not going to try to change you. I'm going to see what God's put in you. And no matter what it takes, I'm going to walk with you until he does it. Because a friend is not someone that looks at you and says, I don't like how you're acting, so I'm going to change you, Angela. I, I, I like you and all. You're pretty cool, but I need you to, to act this way. That's called manipulation, and we've all done it, and we've all been in it. But that ain't a friend. And until I do this, young people, until I find friends, y'all better listen to what I'm telling you. I love y'all. Y'all know I love y'all. But you need to listen to me right now. Old people, if y'all don't say amen to this, I'm going to throw my mic. <laughs> Stop trying to make all them that you think are cool your friends. They don't matter. Now, we love them in the love of the Lord, but they don't need to be your friend. I don't mean they don't matter to God. I mean they shouldn't matter to how you define yourself. You should not define yourself by people that are not in your circle. And you should not have a bunch of people in your circle. And if you believe you do, then that is awesome. You're the exception to the rule. But you're not. And unfortunately, most of us old people talk to me. Most of us, we have to define it later in life and it's through pain. It's through the realization that we did this all wrong. So I want to ask this question today out loud. Someone say, who are they? Who are say it again. Say, who are they? Who are they? They're whatever it takes. Let's look at it. In Mark chapter 2, Mark chapter 2, this is an interesting thing about the Bible, y'all. Let me tell you this. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are what we call the Gospels. It's the good news of Jesus. It tells us what he did and about his life. But Mark in particularly was written to tell us about the miracles, to tell us about the, the signs and wonders that Jesus did. And so Mark's gospel doesn't start off like the other gospels are written and start off to tell us this good news and this story about Jesus. Mark's gospel doesn't give the genealogy of Jesus like Matthew and Luke and tell us, but this dude begat, this dude begat, this dude begat, and I don't even know what begat means, but that's what it says, so we're going to talk about it. And it doesn't say all that. This, this starts off and jumps right in and says, this is what Jesus did. And in chapter 2, you go right into a story that, I've, that I love so much. It's so amazing. But, but you go right into it, and it, it's not talking about all the little things leading up to. It just jumps right into a miracle. And it says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum, after some days, it was reported that he, meaning Jesus, was at home. Stop. Home. I'm, I can count at least five to ten people in the room that I've been to Israel with, to Capernaum and seen this house. Now, it's just ruins now, so you see the bottom, and then a church was built over top of it, and it's, it's really cool, it's pretty, but it's not big, okay? But this is just a house. Now, when you think of house, I need you to get this picture. When you think of house, you think of one of our houses, which means it's got shingles on a roof. Are y'all with me so far? Shingles, house, built, stone stick, blah. These, this is blocks, and then flat, 
And on top of that flat roof, they probably had some other things that made it difficult, but it's pretty much block and then pitch and then sticks and then mess. And to get through the top of a roof was difficult. But when you see this house in your mind, I don't want you to see your house. I want you to see a block home that would have been really not big and would have been crazy to see hundreds of people around a place that at most could have held 20. And it said people were gathered together and there was, not, there was no more room. As a matter of fact, there wasn't even room out the door. And so people were scattered into the streets. People were all around this house. Everybody was gathered around. It looked like a tailgating party at a football game. And everybody wanted in this place. And it was awesome. And it was crazy. And Jesus was given a word is what it says inside of there. And watch this. And they. Someone say they. they. Who are they? It said, and they came bringing to Jesus a paralytic man. A paralytic carried by. Watch this. Four crazy friends carried by these four men. And it says, and they could not get near Jesus because of the crowd. So picture it, y'all. Picture this room, but you cut it in a quarter. And so you got over 100 people in here, but now we only have this little section right here that we got to fit everybody in. And then cut that even in half. And then you got everybody trying to fit in this little section. They're trying to get up to someone named Jesus. That ain't me, but we're going to pretend it's me. And they're trying to get them up to me, but they can't even move. They can't get through a hallway. They can't get to a bathroom. Everybody's trying to figure out what to do. But they know this. Listen carefully. Don't miss this part. It's so important. They know that the only hope this paralytic man has it's to get to Jesus. Here's what a friend is not. A friend is not a person that will carry you when you're spiritually or emotionally or whatever the ailment is that you're struggling with laying down and cannot get up and you're so deeply hurt. You're so deeply overwhelmed. It's not the person that will carry you to the door. A friend is not a person that will carry you to the roof. A friend is not a person that will look at you and say, I got your back. Whatever it takes, let's get this done until you look at whatever it takes, and whatever it takes is more than you thought it was going to be. You know what I'm talking about? We've all been there. Oh, that's going to cost me money? <laughs> I'm out. But I, but I love you. I got you back. We'll holler at you, right? That's not a friend. That's not a friend. And it's not me being a friend or it's not me having friends because this certainly goes both ways, but that's not a friend. That's what we call friends. Oh, they're going to come with me. They're going to help me get up on there. I know I need to see Jesus, and they know that that's the only hope that I have, and so they'll go with it. And we do this in our lives. We're cool with this. And they removed the roof above him. And, y'all, this was not taking a shovel and getting up on the shingles and just prying it forward like we would remove a roof. And it would stink to remove a roof, but we could do it pretty easily. I don't know if y'all have ever worked construction. I do not like roofing. Jesus help me right now. I do not love to roof. But I can tell you that I could take a part of your roof off pretty quickly, and if I just stand on your ceiling, it'll fall. Not enough people got what I just said. But you, okay. You shouldn't stand on the ceiling if y'all don't know that. Some of y'all going to go home. Pastor Mark said I could stand on the ceiling. Y'all fall through. That would be an hour. And I could easily have myself in, in your roof if I had the right tools. But what if it took five hours? What if four of you had to get a sledgehammer out and start 
And then people start looking out. What are those cats doing? We're trying to get in to hear this word, and you're interrupting us. And so popular opinion starts looking at you saying, I don't like what you're doing. Yeah, but you don't understand. I got a friend in need. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get them to Jesus. I don't care if popular opinion says I shouldn't be doing it. I'm going to do it. Whatever it takes. And it says, when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which this paralytic man was laying. And so if you grew up like I did in church, you've seen the flannel board, right? Y'all better talk to me. Where the roof, somehow the roof just goes, and it opens right up. Like roofs did this. I mean, you just press the button, and it's open. But remember, that's not how it happened. And then they just they put the paralytic man down just like, like it was easy. It was on a string, like Pinocchio or something. <laughs> that ain't it. And I just know when I consider my life, and I'm talking about the entirety of it, not even in the current season that I'm in. I've looked at some situations that I've gotten myself in or I've been in, and I've realized that I have wanted to define people as friends, but a lot of times I messed that up so bad. Because I wasn't willing to do whatever it took, or they weren't willing to do whatever it took, and we got to a situation where I needed a roof to come off, and when it got to that point, it was too hard, and we walked away. It's too hard, and we just washed our hands of it and said, nah. I mean, it was cool and all for a while, but I'm not in anymore. Like, I think this is one of the most important questions in our life. Someone say, who are they? Who are they? Say it again. Say, who are they? Who are they? This is not at all a marriage about, or excuse me, a message about marriage or relationships. This is not at all a message about marriage, or at least intentionally. But I do want to say this, and I want everybody to get it. Marriage is one of, if not the hardest things that you will ever do if you decide to get married. Now listen to me. This is not funny yet. This is serious right now. Marriage is, if not the hardest thing that you'll ever try to do, I got one amen, and it's from my, my wife. <laughs> Why? Because once I say I do, we don't have a choice whether or not we're they. Because I made a covenant before God till death do us part that now I'm your they. So listen to me. Y'all write this down. This is tweetable because it's real good. And if y'all don't tweet, then this Facebookable or whatever you want to bull. Before someone is bay, they need to be a they. I'm going to say it again because that's good. Before someone is bay, they need to be they. Because I don't care how sexy they are. Sexy don't mean they. Y'all ain't talking to me enough. This is good stuff. <laughs> Listen to me about handsome and pretty. Let me say it nicely so y'all feel reverent. 
Handsome and pretty gonna talk back eventually. response and if all you're doing when you want to pick someone that you want to run with is you look at them and say ooh she fine she might be fine but she better be they because fine get old don't don't get mad at me I'm, I'm getting there believe me if you stand in a mirror with a nose hair clipper Y'all got there. Young people are like, that's so silly. You'll be there. <laughs> and I'm not going to talk about what y'all do, bays, ladies, but y'all do it too, just different stuff. Thank God. Y'all don't get to get and then one grabs and it's awful. <laughs> it's true. Look at your neighbor and say, it's true. It's true. It's true. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. We're so attracted as human beings, we're so attracted to beauty that we'll make a decision that is till death do us part because someone's hot. Hot ain't they. You can look at hot all you want to, I ain't mad at you. I'm talking to y'all. People talking, people not talking. I don't care what y'all are doing. I'm talking to young people. So if you're a teenager or you're... And I'm talking to any of y'all that ain't married. Before their bay, they need to be a Don't do it. I'm just telling y'all, y'all better listen to me. And some of y'all should be saying amen right now because you're sitting there going, praise God, I'm telling, he's telling the truth. I just wish I'd heard this 22 years ago. <clears throat> I know this is fun and I'm trying to have fun a little bit, but I just need y'all to know something. This is so serious. I mean, across the board in your life, most of us go through our whole lives never having one of these because we're not willing to tell people the truth about ourselves. We only want to leverage what we can get so we can get something out of it. But a friendship is not what I can get out of it. A friendship is someone I'm called to run with. Listen to me. Each one of us will be in the position spiritually or emotionally and maybe even physically laying in a bed where we cannot move, where we will be a paralytic at some level and at some time. Why? How do you know that, Pastor? Because I'm human, and I know me. I know that, that even one day this week, I needed someone to be a they for me, and thank God I have a they. Because I don't know if y'all know this, but we all have bad days. I know this is just a break. This is revelation to y'all right now. We all have days that we look in the mirror and we just want to bite something in half. And when we see our children, y'all better talk to me. We don't think, I just can't wait to play with them. We think to ourselves, I need a day to go play with them. Jesus did it. And I think until we can define who they are and if we're they, then we're stuck. Because in our lives, if changing someone's opinion is the biggest thing we want to accomplish in our lives, then we will define ourselves this week. Y'all better listen. If y'all watch the news for one minute this week, I don't know what I'm talking about all week. Some of y'all, that's all y'all do. I'm just going to tell you, stop. Because <laughs> you're going to get sad every time you watch it. 
You know what we did this week? I, it, I, I can know this without knowing you that well. This week, we decided in our hearts which side we were going to take between a lady who said she was abused and a man who said he never did it. Watch this. And before you started watching them talk, you already had decided what you believed. So you watched some insane people talk about both sides. And I'm not even talking about those two people. I'm talking about the whole freaking thing. And they talked and they talked and they talked. And then, then, then this channel talked about this and this channel talked about this. And then it got all the attention. Some of y'all are feeling in your seat so much tension right now because you spent so much energy on this this way. What do you think is going to happen? Forgive me, I'm the pastor. I don't really care. Well, you should. It's going to change the course of history for our country. It's going to decide everything. Excuse me. Pump, pump, pump those brakes. I don't believe that. I believe someone's already been where I'm going, and he's going to define what's going to happen in the future. I'm not concerned with what they say or what they say. They ain't my they. Did you hear what I just said? They ain't my they. Someone said they ain't my they. So I'm not going to let a they that ain't mine define me. They don't get to hear me. Furthermore, let me just say this because I can, and I, it doesn't matter if you don't like it. You can just get mad later. Why would I be so passionate about someone that I've never met? If you don't know me, if you don't know all the stuff about me, if you don't know all the deep, dark secrets that I struggle with and all the ugly things, and by the way, I mean this both ways, and I don't know you, then I shouldn't have such a deep opinion about you that I think I know everything about you. I don't. All these guys on the news, like, I know all this stuff. I don't know any of this stuff. Well, this one passed a lot of tech tests, and this one doesn't. I don't even know what that means, but that's fine. But that doesn't tell me anything. Except, watch this. Except that some people, that what a they is in this particular case is not necessarily someone that should be my closest friend, but it should be someone, watch, that I look at and say, what that person needs is not my opinion. What that person needs is for me to be able to look at them and realize what they need more than anything else in this world. What that person needs is for me to be able to posture myself not caring if someone believes that he should or should not be voted in as the next Supreme Court Justice. That I can look at you and not care which side you feel that is right. That it is not me defining you by which team you pull for, because we got people in this room right now that you would look at me pulling for this team, this team, and this team and say, oh, I can't be friends with you. Let's just talk about it. For real, we're letting young people or even adults that are professional athletes define who can be my friends? Listen, pull for your team, praise God. And do it to enjoy it. But I'm going to be friends with all of y'all buddies. That, that pull for the other team. And I'm not going to let God not be in the middle of my decisions of who I should be running with because they have an orange shirt on or they have a garnet shirt on or they have a blue shirt on or they have a green. What does that mean? Do you know that in Christianity for so many years what we've done is we've said we got to tell people about Jesus. But I'm here to tell you that if you're spiritually paralytic, laying on the ground, you don't care how much information you hear about Jesus, you need somebody to pick up the mat. You need somebody to do whatever it takes. And if Christians, 
if the church ever said, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to leverage what I am in Christ Jesus so that I don't care if you believe my message, you can know what I've got in me and I'll do whatever it takes for you to see it. Then the world will begin to change. There's people out there dying spiritually and physically and, and emotionally dying but we want to stand on the street corner and say, how dare you kill? How dare you say? How dare you do whatever? And they don't understand. They need a they. They don't need me to yell my message at them before I'm willing to pick up a mat. This is so interesting, y'all, this next verse. I think this is fascinating that Jesus didn't say, okay, so get up and walk. And he didn't say that he healed him because of the faith of the paralytic. This is where I'm talking about I get crazy and excited. He said, when Jesus saw whose faith? When Jesus saw whose faith? Why do I need a they? Because sometimes I don't have enough faith. But I know if i got a they in my life, somebody else can pick the mat up for me then. And I know sometimes they don't have enough faith, so sometimes i got to be the they. And it's not a one-way street. It's not because I'm a pastor. All of a sudden, i got enough faith for everybody. Sometimes I don't. But if we'll pick up each other's mats and hold the rope that Jesus has called us to, we can be the they. This, this fascinates me. This, this scripture, as much as any scripture, blows my mind because it says when he saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven. It's like, what? So let me get this straight. The paralytic didn't say a prayer. I'm going to mess with y'all, and I don't care, because this is what he said, not me, so I'm just going to go with it. So the paralytic didn't say the, the Lord's prayer right then and ask Jesus to come die in his heart. He just had crazy people that would bring him to Jesus, and, and what they realized is if I could just get him to Jesus, Jesus will do the changing. So what you're saying, Pastor, is I don't have to tell everybody like it is or get them to change what they would vote for if they got to vote for Supreme Court or if they liked Colin Kaepernick kneeling or if they didn't or if they liked this or if they didn't. None of that matters. All you're saying is I got to get them to God and God will do the change. And that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we've defined, for, uh, we've, excuse me, we've defined forgiveness so poorly that we think we're the operators of being able to let someone's spiritual forgiveness, spiritual forgiveness, their eternal destiny that, it, that is held in our hands. No, no, no. The only thing that's held in my hands is the rope to pick up the mat. I don't get to save somebody. But if I'm not willing to do whatever it takes, then I don't need to get mad that the world is dying without Jesus. Listen to me. There's people in this room that are dying without Jesus and what you're begging for is for someone to pick the mat up, not to tell you a message. You're dying for someone to look at you and say, what does it take? Listen to me, this is what this house is about. We're a whatever it takes house, we're crazy. And we're here for you. I wanna define a couple things for you as I close. First of all, the word forgiven here means to release, to send away. Someone say release. Say it loud. Say release. release. Here's the reason that some of y'all haven't experienced this in your life because you continue to try to hold on to last season and experience this season. When you are spiritually, emotionally, or even maybe physically paralyzed in some form of your life, if you define yourself by last year or 20 years ago, 
you haven't really walked in forgiveness that God can offer you. You've continued to define yourself by your past, hoping that your future will be different. The more you let your mouth say the death that has been on your life forever, the more you tell people about your story, watch this, and not what God's done, but what you used to be. I don't care what you used to be. I want to know what God did. Because the more you talk about what you were, the more you haven't been released out of that life. And, and the problem is we want to be released, but watch what Jesus said about this. Same Greek word right here, watch this. Another disciple came to Jesus, another person that said, I want to follow you, and he came to Jesus and said, Lord, I want to go with you, and I want to do what you've called me to do, but i got to bury the dead first. got to bury my father. This seems obvious that you should do this, but if that was your past season, someone say, walk away. Walk away. Say it loud and proud. Say, walk away. Jesus was not being hateful. He knew that that's what defined him in that moment, in that season, that defines some of you. The abuse of your past, whatever it is, is why you can't be a they. Stop letting them define what you are supposed to be and let Jesus define you today. You can be what God's called you to be only when you're no longer defined by what you were. For so many of you, you've been stuck so deeply in the last that you've never done what this same exact word, y'all. No changes in the Greek. It says, and leave. Someone say leave. You know what I find fascinating? If we could read Greek, and good gosh, if you ever try. Let me just tell you. I got a couple brothers in here that are preachers. They'll tell you with me. We've studied it. That's why it says it's like speaking Greek. You're right. <laughs> it's crazy. But if we could understand it like this is written, we would understand it. In that moment, Jesus said, and be forgiven. Walk in forgiveness. Isn't that interesting? That we've always thought Jesus was being mean about leave the people behind that I love. Are you kidding me? Leave the death. I, I got to go bury them. I got stuff to take care of. No, 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 no. If you're going to be a they, you got to walk away. If you're going to be a they, you got to walk in. If you're going to be a they, you got to whatever it takes. Someone say whatever it takes. Say it loud, whatever it takes. In 1975, I want to close with this story. I think it's so fascinating. In 1975, there's a fort called Fort Wachuga. Say Wachuga. It's just fun to say. I wanted y'all to say it with me. In Arizona, Fort Huachuga, 1975, the Army had a rule that you could not leave your vehicle, if it was an Army vehicle, to get out of the vehicle. Not to go in a restaurant, not to go in a house. You, if you were operating that vehicle and, you were, and that was your time, you could not get out of it. Now, I don't know about y'all, but if you got to be in a vehicle for eight straight hours, a couple things have to happen. Now, you can get creative with what Sunshine said, I'm not going to repeat it, but she said bathroom. You can get creative when it comes to that. Y'all what I'm saying? Y'all can figure it out for yourself. You can get creative when it comes to that, but you can't go into a restaurant if you can't get out of your car. Y'all with me? If anybody other than Ellen's with me, say yes. So here's what happened. This is so interesting. There was a McDonald's, because of course there was a McDonald's, in this town in Arizona. And they realized that these cats that were in their dress uniforms could not go into their restaurant, but they wanted a supersized fry, because who doesn't? Jesus did it. And a Big Mac. If you ain't eating, everybody wants a Big Mac. So here's what they did. They said, they don't 
need to be in. Y'all better get this. They don't need to be in to get what we got. They just need what's inside, so we'll do whatever it takes to get it to them. So guess what they did? They knocked a hole in the wall. Y'all look it up for yourself, 1975. What you got? It's not spelled like you think, but just look it up anyway. And they made a hole. They didn't call it drive-through. I bet they called it a hole. <laughs> but these cats could drive up and they could get their cheeseburgers and their fries because they were willing to do whatever it takes to get them what was inside because that's what they wanted in the first place. They didn't need to get out of the car to get what they wanted. They needed somebody to do whatever it takes to be a they so they could get it. In our lives, that's what we need. And Jesus said this really interestingly in John 15. He said, greater love has no one than this than someone lay down his life for his friends. And my whole life, I've defined it this way. That, that's just talking about Jesus coming down to die for us. Now listen to me, it is absolutely talking about Jesus coming down to die for us. But if I was Jesus in this moment, what I would have said is, greater love has no one than this than if you'll lay down your life for me, because I'm Jesus. Isn't it interesting that right here Jesus didn't say, if you'll lay down your life for him? He said, if you'll lay down your life for your friends, and if you only want to read this, to mean that Jesus laid his life down for us, then that is absolutely the most important thing you can get out of it. But I think you'll never be able to be a they until you realize this is for you too. I think you'll never be able to, to lay down your life for your friends and posture yourself every single day, whatever it takes, until you realize that they're not gonna listen to your message until they watch you lay down your life. And most of us have been frustrated saying things like this. Why don't they get it? Why don't they understand? Listen to me right now. Why don't they understand? Why can't they get it? And I feel like if they could understand what you're saying and understand this message that is the beautiful message of the gospel of Jesus, the good news that he came, lived a sinless life, died, rose again, and now is seated on the right hand of God. And all we have to do is cast our belief on him and say, you're Lord and I'm not. That is what they desperately need. But they look and say, we're looking at them saying, what do they do? What is wrong with them? And I feel like they would look at us and say, when are you going to be a they? When are you going to pick up a mat? When are you going to pick the rope up? When I'm dying, laying in the street, you look at me and judge me and what I'm in and you don't pick up the mat and say, I'll pick you up, I don't care. Because what you need is not what I have. What you need is not all my good stuff. What you need is not the ability to talk in this microphone. What you need is what's inside of me. It's the fact that Jesus is alive in me. What you need is what's inside. And if I can get you to Jesus, you can be alive too. So I'm willing to say I'll lay down my life no matter what it looks like for my people but I need you to be willing to do the same thing. So I just wonder in this church, do we have any crazy people that will look at me and say, I'm willing, Pastor Mark, right now to commit to praying. Who is they? Who are the people that God's put in my life? Maybe it's the person beside you that you work with every day that drives you crazy because they cuss and carry on and you know they're far from God. But instead of judging them, you'll look at them and say, I'll pick up the map and I'll take them to Jesus. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll share the good news with my mouth. I'll posture myself no matter what it takes. I'll be patient when I don't feel like being patient. I'll pray for them every single day until they trust Jesus as Lord. I'll do whatever it takes. And listen, if you'll do that, 
I believe I can preach the best message I've ever preached, but if we don't have a bunch of days in this room, we're wasting time. But once we start posturing ourselves saying, I'll lay down whatever I got to so that my people that God's called me to will see a true friend. And even though I'm not called to true friendship with all of these people, I'm called to lay down my life like Jesus did for me. That does not mean die. That means live. That means whatever it takes. That means I will follow Jesus and I'll leave my past and I'll leave my old self and I'll leave what I used to define myself as and I'll be defined by what he defines me as. I'll do whatever it takes. And listen, if that's you, it's going to get crazy is all I can tell you. It's going to get crazy. Let me pray for you. God, I'm so thankful that you did whatever it took. The greatest message that will ever be preached, ever be told, ever be written, is the fact that the God of the universe looked down on a corrupt people that never deserved freedom. And instead of punishing, you sent Jesus because you are a whatever it takes God. And because you are love and you are good. God, what we're asking for is not that we're superhero Christians, but that we posture ourselves as you, our Savior, postured yourself. So God, we'll pick up one side. We'll see our brothers and sisters that are laying dead in the street, paralyzed emotionally and spiritually, that never ever believe that they can be anything but what they're defined as by society and by themselves right now. And we'll pick up a side and say, you don't have to believe us. We'll take you to the one that you can believe. I don't care what you believe. I don't care what you've been through, whatever it takes. So in Jesus' name, we thank you for loving us first. We love you back, whatever it takes. Amen.